You are listening to Supernatural Confessions, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platform. Share with us your story through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com. I'm Kim, your host for this podcast series, and now let's get on to the confessions. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode here at Supernatural Confessions. Today, I'm gonna be same thing. Read to you a couple of stories, starting by this first one, written by Kayla. The title is Downhill After a Dream. I had an old dream a few years ago, and I'm constantly reminded of it every day of my life. I was somewhere in Europe, walking around with unfamiliar faces. A few teenagers were with me, but one boy stood out. I didn't know who he was, but he just felt so familiar. You know, as if it's like a family member, or someone that you've known for your entire life. It was like I've known him forever. One thing led to another, and suddenly I was running. I just felt so weightless, free and happy. I was running towards the boy and the next thing I knew, we were in a car that was beside him a few moments ago. The car was speeding so fast and the thing is, there was nothing outside. No trees, no cars, no buildings, no other people, nothing as in it's blank empty. The car was moving in such a ridiculous speed and all I could see was a mixture of colourful lights and darkness at the same time. Suddenly, the boy was shouting and crying and I felt like something was off. I recall him saying I was going to end up somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, that there was some sort of mistake and when I heard him saying that, I remember feeling really, really scared. Then I woke up. I woke up and I felt as if something was missing and that something has changed but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And ever since I had the dream, weird and bad things started happening in my life. The guy who has never paid an ounce of attention to me in school and who's previously been a jerk started to magically have feelings for me out of nowhere which, by the way, ended up giving me additional trauma. My best friend, who I was with most of the time, disappeared. Not in literal sense, but it was like we were never friends to begin with. She wasn't mean or anything, by the way, but every time I approached her, she'd give me a strange and puzzled look as if we never talked before. The strangest part was a few kids from my class started hanging out with me and would occasionally tell stories I was included in but I had no memory of. One time I told them that I couldn't remember what happened and maybe they have mistaken me for someone else. They all looked at me and for a second, I got scared. I don't know what got me frightened in the first place but I just had a feeling, you know? I don't really know how to explain it but it's a feeling that you get when you know someone's watching you from a distance. They just brushed it off soon enough and said I've always just had a bad memory which honestly scared me even more because I really don't forget things. Soon after, tons of family problems started piling up and it just really went downhill from there. Now, four years have passed. I'm honestly used to never-ending problems and disappointment that's constantly being thrown at me. But I just can't stop wondering because it really feels like something huge has been taken away from me and I can never get it back. 
You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. I seriously do not know what to make out of the story that was earlier on. I do not know whether it's it would be a glitch in the Matrix, or actually there is something that it's even weirder that happened to our confessor. But on behalf of Supernatural Confessions, I can only say that I hope everything is starting to get better now. Moving on to the next story. This one is posted by an anonymous, and the title is Everyday noises at night. Let me start by saying before the sequence of events, I was a 100% non-believer of paranormal. I'm still in shock of what I witnessed recently. But I'll tell you the whole thing from the beginning. One month ago in my apartment building, some weird noises started. Like someone was doing some construction work on their flat. I didn't pay much attention. Someone should be repairing stuff or something of that sort. It started on a Friday and it was almost always in the afternoon when it started. Banging, hammering, as if someone was repairing stuff. And then ending like at 2, 3 in the morning. The weekend, same thing. Morning was quiet. Rest of the day busy with the noise looking like someone was hammering or something. Everyone that was on the right side of the building, which is my side, was starting to get annoyed. Mostly because everyone wanted to rest to be able to work on the next day. If you know the noises keep on happening during night all the way until 2-3 in the morning, nobody could be able to get some good sleep. Of course, we started to try to find the location of the source, try to pin down this to some apartment. But there's also another building close to ours where the walls are somehow connected. I've gone to every apartment. I put my ear near the lock and almost no sound, just propagation. The flat most affected is my neighbor, which is upstairs, where she lives with her daughter. We thought that it should be the apartment above her making all these noises. Even though the water supply is shut down, same with electricity, so logically no one should be living there but we had to be 100% sure. So we called the owner and asked her kindly to open the apartment so we could check if someone was using it or had forced an entrance. And when we opened the door, no one was there. And the noise could be heard as if it was coming from another apartment. And It seems like it's coming from the apartment under where my neighbor above lives. So we ruled out that the inhabited apartment was the source. Time goes by and this phantom repeats every day. No misses, like as if it's every day. I've never known anybody who worked that hard in their life. Every day, same routine, same sound. Bangs on the wall, bangs on every division of the apartment of my neighbor, on the furniture, things falling on the bathroom, kitchen, and etc. Well, if you ask why we didn't involve the authority, police were called three times. But of course, they couldn't solve anything. They entered this flat, also heard the noises, but could not pinpoint where all the sound was coming from. 
and it seems like it also travels very fast from the kitchen to the living room the next thing in some other rooms also on the corridor this is on the first floor we started to bang the wooden walls and we would have replies as if some unknown sources would bang back weird thing is even when we are asking questions and saying not once for yes not twice for no we would actually get replies if i knock one time two times three times and etc i would get the same number of knocks answering me it is just so damn weird fast forward to last days both my neighbor and her daughter went away for the weekend magically the sound stopped i didn't know this until recently i just thought finally the freaking noise went away and guess what my neighbor returned and guess what also returned yep that's right the knocking hell again so i was in the corridor with both my upper neighbor and also another from the same corridor chatting both her and her daughter were outside the flat her daughter playing with another girl which is another neighbor's granddaughter and by this time there were no noises zero noises we were all chilling on the corridor but later on the daughter went inside to pick a doll to play we started hearing the knocks again every single time her daughter went inside we would hear after three to five seconds the knocks would happen so i asked my neighbor can i go inside then she replies yes of course i went inside full silence i stood there like 30 seconds nothing then i came out asked my neighbor if she can go inside as well she went inside there were no knocks we asked her daughter if she can go inside again and boom knocking all over the place i kid you not this didn't miss in like 10 to 12 times she went inside every single time knocks later on our neighbor arrives on the corridor we did the same request he went inside no noises daughter goes inside full blown knocks i don't know how to deal or solve with this situation after what i've witnessed i'm 100 percent sure that there is something out of this world that caused all this to be happening Fellow listeners of Supernatural Confessions, if you like our podcast content and wish to support us, do buy us coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash Live. We appreciate every single cup of it. We don't want to say that the daughter is exactly what is wrong, that is what is causing all the knockings, banging on the wall and whatnot. We don't want to pinpoint exactly that something is following her or some sort like that, right? But then again, it's rather weird when somebody else has entered the house, nothing happened, right? And when the daughter went in, everything starts going haywire. What do you think? Moving on to the next story. This one, it's titled Camp Room and it's posted by Kevin. When I was 12 years old, I went to an outdoor school camp for three days. Practically, our whole grade was there as well. I had a lot of fun there, but I got extremely scared when it came to the night time. 
My room was located at the very end of the hall inside the cabin, right next to the emergency exit doors. It was me and my friend along with two people we didn't like inside that room. On my first night, I had horrible vibes from that room and it being so strange. Two bunk beds and one window, a little square room and it just had a horrible presence. I made through the first night and the rest of the day was fine. Then comes the second night. It was worse, and I began thinking something was outside our window without any proof. After the second night, me and everyone in my room had bad vibes, and my friends in the next door room didn't. I had no idea why until the third night. On the third night, I was woken up by a light in the hallway from the door of our room being opened. The light was faint since it was way down the hall. I was on the bottom bed of the left bunk facing the door and my friend was on the top bed of the opposite bunk. One of the people in our room left the door open when they went out. The other one was asleep. My friend was also awake, I just didn't know about it. When I woke up, I automatically put my glasses on and was looking around until I see the coat rig in the corner move. The coat rack had our coats on it and next to it was a chest or something like a drawer. Someone was in the coat, but on top of the chest. I will always remember this. It was a little boy, smaller than me. He was white, and I didn't even see him wearing any clothes. He wasn't naked, but I can only see the silhouette of the boy. His hands were up covering his face. He was crouched in a frog position, almost on top of the chest. I was stuck there, just staring at this kid I had never seen before. I said nothing. Here's the bad part. He lowered his hand and revealed his face. He was staring at me, smiling a huge smile. His eyes were huge, black, dark. He kept staring but slowly he was moving off the chest closer. I was stuck and my friend this whole time was seeing what was happening. He was like also frozen. Then suddenly this guy, Jason, the guy that went to the washroom, came back running down the hall and slammed the door shut. Me and my friend were suddenly out of our trance and got up instantly and flung out our flashlight pointing to the corner. The kid was gone. I explained why I pointed my flashlight to the corner and then he explained. My friend and I both saw the same thing. And to this day, we still talk about it sometimes. Thank God there wasn't a fourth night. We didn't explain to Jason the story because somehow we think he would not understand. And the other guy was an annoying person we didn't like so we didn't bother to actually tell him. I remember the whole thing so vividly. It's crazy how both of us saw it too. When I got home, I told my family what happened and I began my research if anything happened at the camp. I didn't find anything. Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you, whatever you don't see, doesn't mean it is not there. The story earlier on sounds like straight from the horror movie and a not. To continue, next story, it's written by Paul, or submitted by Paul, and this one is titled, Spirit in the Stairwell. This is something that has been on my mind for quite a while. I thought this would be a great place to share my experience. I would consider myself a skeptic, but one particular period in my life has always had me guessing. 
I simply had no explanation for what I experienced. I was around 11 years old when my family moved into a house that was built around the year 1910. It was a fairly large house consisting of an unfinished basement, main floor and the attic. The attic had been converted some years earlier into two bedrooms and a bathroom. It was decided that my brother, which was seven years younger than me, and I would share the two bedrooms in the attic. Starting from the first night in the home, I was uneasy and generally uncomfortable, especially when I was alone upstairs. Part of me wants to attribute this to my new surroundings, but who knows? The upstairs area in particular gave me the creeps. A long staircase up into the hallway was always dimly lit and led straight into the hallway, obscuring any line of sight you would have from the bottom of the stairs. Just thinking about it gives me chills, even to this day. The first few months were uneventful. It was probably about six months into living in the home when I would get woken up in the middle of the night from what sounded like thumping coming from the stairwell. For some context, my bedroom wall shared wall with the stairwell. It sounded like someone lightly hitting the stairwell wall with their palm. Not a smack, not a knock, but a distinct thump. It did frighten me, but it would not last more than a few thumps, and then I would fall back right asleep. This would happen about every other night for a week or so, and then I would not hear the thumping again or for maybe a month. I always dreaded it. In the periods of time I didn't hear the noises, I was relieved and optimistic in thinking it had gone away for good, but without fail, it would come back again. It gave me a sinking feeling in my chest when I would wake up hearing the thumping on the other side of the wall, then it would go again for a few months. No one else in the house was hearing anything and my parents told me it was the house settling, of course. The thudding of the house settling, extremely normal. After I had accepted that this was probably not going to stop, I began to become increasingly uneasy in my bedroom and the upstairs in general. I slept with my light on every night. I refused to spend any time in my room unless I was going to bed. By now, I was already 12 or 13 years old and I began to get an increasingly irritated and stupidly confident about trying to find out what was causing this noise in the stairwell in the early hours of the morning. If I was feeling particularly brave, I would get out of bed, open my bedroom door and flip on the hallway light. Nothing was ever there. Everyone in the house was sound asleep. After closing the door and getting back into the bed, the thudding would begin again. By this time, it had gotten significantly louder but still occurring in the same frequency as before. In hindsight, I might have made a mistake in being so confident in catching whatever it was making this noise. Around the same time, I started to have a very strange reoccurring dream about being in my bedroom as if I were awake and there would be a tall man peeking at me from around the corner of my doorframe. I never saw the man's full body, only half of his face and his shoulder. I distinctly remember his one eyes gazing into my room. I couldn't explain it any other way except it was incredibly unsettling. He was just standing there, nothing else. I don't believe this is a case of a sleep paralysis. I had distinct transitions from being asleep to waking and I knew it was a dream. 
By now, we had been living in the house for a few years and my younger brother was now around 5 to 6 years old. His reactions on whatever was going on really creeped me out. Up until now, I was the only one, from what I knew, having any kind of weird experiences in the house. On one occasion, my mom had asked me why I was scaring my little brother at night. I wasn't particularly surprised about the question because I would tease him sometimes. I asked her what she meant. Mother, what do you mean by saying that? And she said, My brother had gone and woken up them, our parents, and said I kept hiding in his closet with my scary mask on. I did have some Halloween mask that he didn't like, but I certainly wasn't hiding in his closet in the middle of the night trying to frighten him. Hell, I was too scared to go into his room at night, let alone hide in his closet in the dark. I'm not sure what he was seeing, but it was certainly not me. When I was in middle school, I was feeling more comfortable being in the home alone and I would being sometimes be at home alone all weekend while my family went on camping trips that I did not want to go. The thumping in the hallway hadn't happened in a long time and I had all but forgot about it. I had other things on my mind, I suppose. It really never came out until I would sometimes have some friends spend the night with me while my parents were out of town. Eventually, he came to one of them asking me if my house was haunted. I hadn't really talked with my friends about what I had experienced in the house, so I definitely surprised them saying that, that they would be sleeping on the couch and hear what they described as windows opening and closing in the middle of the night. After that conversation, no one was jumping at the opportunity to stay at my house with me on my weekends when my family was out of town. Again, a while passed, nothing out of the ordinary. I had again put it out of my mind. I was sitting on my computer in the downstairs area on a Friday night waiting on my friend and his parents to come pick me up to go to an event, chatting away on MSN Messenger. Hmm, this is quite a long time back, yeah? I heard creaking coming from the upstairs hallway. There were distinct footsteps, nothing like thumping on the walls. As I was listening, my mind was coming to a realization that I was home alone and these footsteps were not from any of my family members or friends. The footsteps began rapidly coming down the stairs and before I knew, I had jumped out of my seat and bolted out of the door to wait outside for my ride. I stood by the street in the middle of this very, very cold night waiting for them to come pick me up and I had this incredibly unsettling feeling that I was being watched from the upstairs window of my brother's room. I don't know what's causing the noise and honestly, I would rather never find out. That same night, I stayed at my friend's house and didn't say anything about the footsteps. I wanted to forget about it. The next day, I came back home to my family and after a few sleepless nights, waiting on the thudding to begin again, it didn't. Everything stopped. And that was the last experience I had. A few years later, my family moved out of the house. A few years after that, the house burnt to the ground. Apparently, it was an electrical issue that caused the fire. Every once in a while, I would share things with my brother and he would confirm that even with him being so young, he can distinctly remember being creeped out by that house. I'm 31 years old now and I still don't know what I was experiencing. I can't explain any of it away and I'm confident that it was very real. I haven't had any similar experiences since I heard the footsteps. I mean, a house that old, something must have lived there before you guys. That is all the explanation I can find. If you like the content here on the podcast, 
You are also invited to join Eugene, Sonia, Joel, and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they'll discuss, dissect, and go deeper in details on your confession. And I'll be waiting for you there. The next confession comes from Obidan, and this one is posted together with a question. Obidan is asking all our listeners whether you guys have seen this video before. If yes, please reach out to us and we will then reach out to Obidan about the existence of the video that he mentioned in this story. And the story's title, Strange Semi-Invisible Creature. I'm an atheist. I do not believe in any paranormal activities, but I had evidence of their existence in my hands when I was 10 years old. I wasn't aware of the importance of proof, and I used to believe in God back then. This happened in the north of Iran, Tabaristan. The forests between the mountain and the Caspian Sea have always been known to be a home for creatures called jinn, also known as fairies in Western culture which I absolutely do not believe. My aunt and her family went on a vacation in the north. She just bought a new phone that can record video. It was a new thing back then, so she kept recording everything they did in that trip. When they came back home and rewatched the videos, they all quickly noticed something strange in one of the videos. They rent a house that is next to the forest, the last one in north of Iran. Because of farming rice, houses are not built next to each other in some areas. They made a campfire next to the forest. They used coals for kebab, then head back to serve in the house because of flies annoyance and bugs. But they left the fire alone because they wanted to come back and sit next to it after eating. When they are having their food, my aunt recorded the house and also the fire which they can see from the house. Somehow she zoomed in on it and then explained in the video that says we made fire here for kebab, big fire as you can see. Like she's recording to show her friends after the vacation when they're going to rewatch the video. Which after then, the friends did. The friends watched the video. They quickly noticed something strange in the part where she zoomed in on the fire. All of them could see three blurry human figures around the fire. They moved around the fire and then jumped over it as if they are dancing with the fire. The more they looked at it, the more they see the blurry figure moving around in the fire, dancing or jumping over the fire. It actually looks like a famous tradition that Iranians do in the Scarlet Day Festival. We make fire on the last Wednesday of the year to celebrate fire for some ancient religious reasons. I'm not sure here it's Scarlet Day or it's Sacred Day. But to continue, after the influence of Islam on Iran, people pretty much call everything supernatural the jinn because its existence can cover anything. Because Islam believes they can take any form. So everyone pretty much agreed that these jinns make an appearance around the fire. As for my side, I personally watched the video on my aunt's phone like at least 20 times. I was mesmerized by the video. I didn't have a phone back then, so when I grew up and understood how important that video is, but then again, the video was long gone. I've been searching for the video for 5 years now. 
but nobody actually mentioned anything about the video. I've heard so many similar stories, most of them are fogged with myth and rumours. And one day, when I told this story to some of my local friends, they quickly recognised it and said they have seen the same video as well. At first, I thought they were lying, but before I even finished my story, they could continue the second part of the story, meaning to say that they did actually watch the video. So, I started asking around, especially the locals, if they remember such a clip. I tried searching the internet, deep web, dark web, any web you say. I've yet to find this particular video. So, if you happen to have seen this video or if you have bumped into this video before, do let us know. Obidan actually here continued saying that I have two hypotheses. All phones are not good at rendering fire, which is when they are zoomed in, the heat from the flames appeared as a blurry figure. Two, there are some semi-invisible creatures who live in the forest. They appear to be somewhat a smart creature because in that video, they are mimicking what humans do in that area. But then again, as human, what do we know about all these things? We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit supernaturalconfessions.com. You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series, signing off with... Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.